Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. If you're a parent, if you're a teacher, uh, the topic we're going to talk about today is really being talked about uh, quite a bit. Kids are headed back to school, which means backpacks are coming home filled with books and homework. And if if you know my kids, sometimes uh, remaining portions of their lunch. Uh, and many parent evenings are spent wrestling with a, a very genuine question. You know, what do I do? How do I help uh, children with their assignments? Is this necessary? How much involvement should I have? Well, today, Dr. Rhoda looks at all sides of the issue of homework to see if we can come up with a meaningful conclusion. Now, on one hand, proponents of homework say it builds character, discipline, self-regulation, and increases reinforcement of what has been taught in class. Uh, on the other hand, those who oppose it say it can stifle love of learning, uh, wreak havoc on the family, life at home, in the evenings. And really, this is one that there is not uh, an agreement with. And just so you know, districts have not figured this out. If some districts, if you want to be hired, uh, they say you are not giving homework. It's their policy. Others say you are giving homework. Some districts have how much, how many minutes. Other districts are, hey, teachers, just use your professional academic judgment. So this is really an interesting... Topic. So Dr. Rhoda, as always, has done her homework on homework. <laughs> but I'm and uh, so she's going to share with us just, just kind of wh where it's at. Yeah. Thanks, Professor Miller. Uh, it's a complex topic. And really, truly, if you are an educator, you need to work within the parameters of your district or your school, what your administrators expect of you. But I would just like to have an opportunity for a conversation about this. And let's discuss what the research has to say on it. And then once you're informed as a parent, as a teacher, then you can make the decisions that are, are best for your children, for your students that you're entrusted with. But it's good to just have an honest discussion about this topic that just has been going back and forth and back and forth for as long as I've been an educator, and I'm sure for much longer prior to that. If you take a look at the meta-analysis of the topic, so meta-analysis is a study of all, of a, a big group of studies out there. So in this case, we've been studying this topic for decades. And there are numerous meta-analysis out there which take, you know, just they, they lump a whole bunch of research together. So they're not looking at it from any one side or the other. They're just taking all these different studies. And what do all these different studies say? Really what the pretty strong conclusion is, is that for young children in elementary school, in lower grades, the research is pretty clear. Homework's not really that beneficial. But the time, by the time the student gets to high school, there's much more benefit to the homework. So let's dig in a little bit deeper into that. So for young children, the goal, really, our goal is to develop, cultivate a love for learning. And the National Parent Teacher Association recommends the old 10-minute rule. So 10 minutes of homework per grade each evening. So a second grader could, would have at most 20 minutes. But that's even just a general rule. When the child is in class, the teacher, you know, we know that we differentiate based on students' needs. But an assignment that the student takes home what take, might take 10 minutes for one child could take 25 minutes mm -hmm. for another child. And I often think of when we would do surveys of students and ask how much time you spent on homework, was mm -hmm. it appropriate or not. Uh, if you had students that said, I, 
I receive way too much homework. And in that same class, you had students who say, I don't receive enough homework. Then at least you know you're probably right in the ballpark on where you should yeah. be. But you have to be really sensitive. You you don't want the students. And you hear stories of this where students take staying up until the wee hours of the morning. And we just know that's not healthy. Right. All right. the way around. And so if I'm sending home an assignment, I just have to really be aware of my learners, what their capabilities are. Do I want to kind of adjust the assignment for different students? Because parents, most parents aren't necessarily comfortable intervening mm -hmm. in that way and trying to say, you know what, 20 minutes is enough. That's all you have to do. And, and I'm really big on open-ended yeah. homework. So like you said, at, when you get to this point, if you've, if you've done good, faithful effort, mm -hmm. that, that's fine. Yep. So, and research will support that solid, faithful studying during class, where a young student is focused and engaged, has a tremendous payoff in academic success, but homework at night does not necessarily. So research suggests that meaningful and relevant assignments that can increase a child's curiosity are much more beneficial at the elementary age. For example, as you study fractions in math class, assign students that when dinner is made at home or when they're baking with grandma, let them help with the measuring. So they can measure the food items, use the different measuring cups, see fractions in real life, or help their dad in the shop, or their mom in the shop, or whatever it might be. Um, those are ways that you can reinforce what's learned in, about fractions in class and really make them real. You know, if you're having pizza and you cut it up into pieces, you know, like look for those kind of opportunities. And that's relevant and meaningful with the little really ones. Really authentic, experiential yeah. learning, as opposed to here, here's an activity sheet, just, just do... 30 problems, turn it back in. But you're, you're right. It, re, it really is a complex. And here's what I get nervous with, 30 problems at home and turn it back in. What if they're making a mistake mm -hmm. and they're repeating 2 plus 2 is 6 20 times mm -hmm. and now they've developed a neural pathway it, that believes that 2 plus 2 is 6 and it's going to be very, very hard to correct that neural pathway. It, so you, they can't get feedback while they're doing it. And, and, and being completely transparent, if a student is struggling, if you're a parent, uh, there always is the thought, okay, well... This frustration level, I want my child to love school. Right. And so there's the temptation to say, well, no, this is the answer. No, this is how you do it. And to to help them and you're doing the learning as opposed to them doing the learning. Yes. And if they're for, for younger age children, if there are tears in the home at night over homework, that's an indicator that um, we've got to do something a little bit different here. So some say that homework helps to teach young children responsibility. And it certainly does have that potential. But so does feeding the family pet and helping with the dishes and raking the leaves and making their bed each morning and brushing their teeth and taking out the garbage. And these are much more age-appropriate ways to teach responsibility for young children. And they don't have the potential for causing frustration that can actually demotivate a child to love learning. So children do need time for their mind to rest. And while it's resting, it's still processing and making sense of what they learned during the day. And then double that up, they get a good night's sleep and they transfer that, what they learned from short-term to long-term memory. And just keep in mind too that children do need time just for unstructured play, even during the school year. As children go play, they're learning valuable life lessons. If you want to learn more about the details of play and how important it is for children's minds, listen to episode 53 on that one. But um, truly, children do need time just to be children. Truly, if you're looking for a, a beneficial thing to do at home with your children, Research will say the number one thing you can do to promote future academic success at home, reading. Uh, reading to your child, reading with your child, having your child read to you. They can read aloud, you can read aloud, they can read quietly while you also read. Or if they're tired after a day of learning, they can even listen to an audio book and then read along with it. It is so, so, so important 
Uh, in fact, one of my one of my kids' uh, teachers sent mm-hmm. home a note at the end of the year on the importance of reading with suggested guidelines. Yeah. And, you know, after reading that, I can tell you, you know, that teacher really is spot on because she expressed it in a way that a parent could understand it and then also expressed the value behind well, so it and gave yeah. perimeter yeah. You know, guidelines to it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. And we know that's the most fundamental thing that they need to achieve before third grade in order to be successful in future educational efforts. It's reading, 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 right? We know that in about fourth grade, children go from learning to read to reading to learn. So they're, they're, now we're not spending time anymore with them teaching them how to read. Now we're expecting they know how to do it and they have to do it independently for future learning. And if they are behind, the consequences are enormous. I mean, there's just no question on this. If a kid is behind in reading in fourth grade, their likelihood of dropping out of school or doing poorly throughout the rest of their academic career just goes up exponentially. So reading, reading, reading at home. I also do believe that there's value in memorization of facts in the lower grades. For example, practicing math facts at home for 15 minutes is going to help them develop neural pathways through that regular repetition. However, they need to have a parent or somebody involved to make sure they're doing it correctly. Because mm-hmm. they, as I said before, they don't want to develop those neural pathways with incorrect facts. Um, then it becomes even harder to overcome. And certainly that's the case as well for Christian parents who want their children to memorize passages from scriptures so that they can carry parts of the Bible with them in their heart. Um, during these younger years, memorization is very important. It's easy for children, and it's certainly developmentally appropriate. So that, at the younger time spent memorizing and reading at the lower level in the evening, really reinforces what you're doing in the classroom. And one of the feedbacks that I get on a regular basis with memory work and memorization is schools today uh, expect a lot less of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay if the context um, it is set up where they're still getting it in an age-appropriate way. But really, I think, even with my own kids, they can find everything off of Google so fast. Their mindset is, well, why do I have to learn this? Well, the memory, like you said, it, it, For future it's, critical it's, thinking, it's, it's, it's a to, habit yeah. of the mind. And yeah. critical thinking, we, we know yeah. that that is an area that we need to continually work on. So yeah. really, really important to parents, teachers, to to have an element, appropriate element of memorization. That ability to memorize. Mm-hmm. And the confident, confidence that comes, the self-efficacy that comes from knowing that you can memorize. Mm-hmm. So just in summation, for elementary children, fifth grade and under, there's evidence to support less homework, but have meaningful assignments and spend some more time reading. Okay? But what about middle school? There are moderate benefits of homework for middle school students. As students mature and develop more study skills, they do benefit from more homework. Research, Recent research also suggests that interactive online math homework, I'm thinking like Khan Academy. If you guys mm-hmm. aren't familiar with Khan Academy, look that up. It's incredible. And that's the type of learning that can adapt to student learning. Like if they get it or don't get it, it goes back and redoes the question. That can significantly increase, increase students' math test scores. I sure wish I would have had Khan Academy when I was a youngster. Um, It would have been very helpful for me in how I learn. However, there are risks to assigning too much homework at middle school. A 2015 study found that when middle school students were assigned more than 90 to 100 minutes of homework per day, their math and science scores actually began to decline. So too much homework can drain student motivation and focus. Uh, Homework does need to be challenging, but not so challenging that it causes high levels of frustration and discouragement. And we should avoid low-effort repetitive assignments. Again, those worksheets where they do the same thing over and over and over again but instead provide meaningful opportunities to enrich learning while instilling study habits and that sense of self-efficacy, which which is the belief that they can be successful. They are able to learn. And that also leads to self-directed learning or self-regulation. Okay, so it's the quality of the homework that makes the difference for middle school and high school, 
not the quantity. And I think that's really an important point as, as teachers and educators. Significant time needs to be spent on saying, what is it that I want the student to get out of this homework activity? Uh, and and so it's really important because time is so valuable. And you're right, it's the quality of the activity, not the quantity of the activity. Yes, absolutely. So what about for high school kids? By the time students get to high school, they should be much more likely in, uh, more likely to be engaged and independent learners. And then homework can actually have a more significant positive impact. But again, we have to keep in mind some underlying factors. When high school students spend more than two hours per night on homework, reports show that academic success actually declines. So several studies indicate that high school students can experience serious mental and physical health problems and lack of sleep from too much homework. So one of the challenges with high school homework can come into play when teachers don't talk to each other about how much work they're assigning. So as a student goes from class to class and picks up a 30-minute assignment in several different classes, that can easily turn into three hours of homework in the evening. And students then can grow resentful, and if they don't do the homework well, they come to class ill-prepared, they're tired, they're frustrated, this all impacts their learning the next day. So I'm a fan of schools having school-wide policies on homework and teachers talking to each other. I struggle with this in college sometimes. Mm -hmm. You just notice those times throughout the semester when kids are just slammed. And in one week, they'll have three papers and two tests. I wish there was a way we could talk to each other and level that out. I know I certainly could. Mm -hmm. So maybe as an education department, we want to have that conversation mm -hmm. sometime. No, and, and, it, and it's really good. I think that there's more cohesion uh, within the department, but, you know, with all the different departments right. and, and all the different schedules. Right. But you're right. I mean, yeah. so how I've adapted to that is I will front load mm -hmm. some of the assignments mm -hmm. uh, the first five weeks, 15-week uh, semester because the students have less work. Typically, now, there's a yeah. risk to that because you haven't been able to dig into the information enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a constant balancing act. Yeah, really, good, really good advisement, and though. Being aware of it is the biggie, right? Being aware and having conversations where we can. My rule of thumb when I taught high school, and I still do this now with my college students, you know how you have an objective for your lesson plan? Mm -hmm. I really won't assign homework unless I have a really solid objective for doing it. Like, what do I want them to get out of this assignment? And if I can't do that, then I don't assign it. I really don't believe in busy work. I think kids are already busy with sports, choir, drama clubs, work after school, family and friends. And these are all good and worthy things. The way I look at it, we have seven to eight hours to teach them during the day. And if we use that time wisely, we can accomplish a lot. Do we really need to extend a learning day by three more hours? You know, would we like it as adults when we finished our day if we had three more hours of work and we got home? Now, as teachers, and, we oftentimes and, and do. You, but. you add into that formula, you know, students are taking the bus home, right. students are, are in extracurricular activities, students have other commitments, right. and that all adds up to time. I think Dr. Rowe does a great job with the undergrads when she talks about time management. It was a separate issue, but it does impact, you know, expectations, if our homework expectations are unrealistic based on the students uh, that we are working with, yeah. uh, we're actually not helping them to be successful. Yeah, very true. And please don't get me wrong, I'm not opposed to homework in mm -hmm. high school or college. It just needs to be relevant, and I need to have a good reason for assigning it. Now, in college, I do expect them to do work outside of the class to be, to be prepared for taking it to the next level in class, but that's college level. And when students are in high school, you know, some of them have family support at home, some don't. Some of them are working 20 hours a week, some of them aren't. 
You know, so, and my goal in high school is how can I help each child graduate and get that diploma so that they have that foundation. And so I just really have to take family situations into consideration and each individual child. In college, it's a little bit different because you don't Mm -hmm. have to have a college degree. It's optional. So I also try to make sure my assignments reinforced what was learned in class. So if a student due to family circumstances has to work a five-hour shift the night before, got five hours sleep, I don't want them falling behind in my class because of that. I want to give them what they really need to know while I'm with them, while I can assess what they're learning, and I can provide feedback and support while they're learning it. So as you go through early, younger children, benefits of homework aren't so great. Middle school, they start to increase. By high school, there are benefits, but it still needs to be quality, meaningful assignments with a purpose. So what role should parents play in all of this? That's another question that's often asked. Homework, if it's assigned well, can become a tool to involve parents in a meaningful way. It can provide a window into children's strengths, weaknesses, and curiosities. And if parents have positive attitudes about homework and find a wonder and a curiosity in learning, then their children are more likely to follow their example and their parents' modeling. However, if parents grumble about homework, so will kids, right? So, so very important. Our attitude uh, is picked up. Uh, more is caught than taught, right? Yeah. Same type of thing if we're modeling for them, you know, the kids are grumbling about going to school, you know, they don't want to get up and get out of bed and get going in the morning. And then you look at your own life and realize that you grumble all morning long as you're walking around, you know, um, grumbling that you have to get up and get going and going to work, you know, then then why are we surprised when kids do that? But when we model that we're blessed to have employment and we're going to get up and serve in the way that we can serve and go out and be faithful, then, then we can model that for kids and have that expectation for them as well. I just am such a firm believer that children will believe what you tell them. <laughs> and so what you model, what you tell them is just so very, very imperative. So we also have to be careful as parents that we don't become too demanding and put too much emphasis on grades and test scores. Uh, we want children to develop a growth mindset, a curiosity for learning, for the sake of learning. And when parents can model and encourage that, then the child will be more successful in learning down the road. So it's good for parents to be engaged in their child's school life but not to make it a point of unnecessary conflict. And so to that point, because our society is so driven by letter grades, Mm -hmm. really parents, including myself, conscientiously, you need to focus on the learning. What I'm trying to do is instead of saying, hey, how'd you do on your test? Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you know, you had that test. What were some things that you learned from it? Beautiful. The, the whole twist. And yet, I mean, that's really a hard sell because as we as parents, what do we see on report cards? Typically the the, the letter grade. Right. You see letter grades and then but, we as colleges offer scholarships right. based on GPAs and letter grades. And, so it's tough. But I do believe that transformation is possible. Change is possible. But how does change happen? It's always local. Change happens one person mm-hmm. at a time. And so as we as individuals buy into this thing that learning is what's important, not grades, eventually it catches traction and there's a tipping point. And you can actually change society and how society does stuff if you get enough people believing, what, let's do what's in the best interest of, of learners, not what's in the, you know, because it's what we've always done. And, and I would agree. And, and this notion that I don't like learning, I mean, God created us to learn. And so you know, just that lens is, oh, well, I don't like learning in school. I mean, people are created to learn. And so that, right. that, that attitude is just really, really important. Yeah. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they each help, as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways on homework. Uh, takeaway number one, 
First of all, there's an awareness that this discussion on homework is very, very complex. There are so many variables involved. Uh, it is not a black and white issue. Uh, number two, uh, if you're working with elementary students or if you're a parent with uh, elementary age children, remember uh, less homework uh, is really beneficial. And really the focus, if they are doing activities, should be uh, on reading. Uh, when you move on to the middle school, takeaway number three, uh, educators and parents who have middle school age children, homework increases. Make sure that it has meaning and relevancy to the students' lives. And again, it's not new information in homework. It, it's a reinforcement of learned information. And then we move on to number four, uh, high school. High school, if the homework amount is over two hours uh, consistently, it may be time to rethink what we are expecting out of homework. The, the key takeaway there is quality uh, over quantity. And number five, parents, this is really, really so important and applies to educators as well. Encourage your child to be a learner. Uh, the grades will follow. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.